All right. You ready to rock? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's roll. Let's freaking go. From Boston University, this is the BU News Service Podcast, where we catch you up on a story you may have missed from this past week. Each episode, we'll take a deep dive into something that happened that we think is cool or important or underappreciated. We'll showcase work from our fellow BU students and highlight stories from Boston, New England, and beyond. I'm Bart Taji. And I'm Shannon Sollett. And we're your hosts. And um, today, we're going to be talking about Gabby Petito, who was reported missing in Wyoming. And Shannon, you are from Wyoming, which is a part of the reason that you wanted to talk about this. But. Yeah, it's a big part for sure. I would say it's not the whole reason, but that is what initially really grabbed my attention. So I uh, was a reporter in Jackson for a couple of years before I came here, and I started seeing the story because my old colleagues started sharing it and talking about it sort of among themselves as a major local news event. But it didn't take long for it to sort of escape Jackson local news and reach national news and national headlines. And soon enough, it was really blowing up across the country. Um, And it was just a little bit surreal that it was all happening right outside my hometown. I'm from Jackson, Wyoming, which is the gateway to Grand Teton National Park and Bridger Teton National Forest, which is where Gabby Petito went missing and ultimately was murdered actually officially her uh, her body was found and confirmed as hers and the manner of death was confirmed homicide as of Tuesday wow yeah how far away from where her body was found do you do you live or did you live uh spread creek the campground is about 30 miles outside of the town of jackson but in wyoming that's like no distance at all that's really close in the grand wow. scheme of things yeah wow so, so give me like the whole background. I know very little about this. Um, started seeing stuff on Instagram, actually. So can you give us like what's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about. But really, so I guess the gist of the story, from what I understand, um, is that Gabby Petito and her fiancé, Brian Laundry, I think is his name, went on a road trip. They are from... She's from New York. He's from Florida. I think they were living together in Florida. And they they did the classic, you know, sort of millennial Gen Z thing. They quit their jobs. They bought a van. They were sort of doing van life and touring across the country and going to major national parks in this uh, renovated Sprinter van that they had turned into like a camper. Very cool right now. It's totally all the rage. And they were on that trip. They were last seen together in Grand Teton National Park at the end of August. Um, I think Gabby was reported missing on like either September 1st or September 10th. It must have been September 10th because there was a 10-day gap between when both of their known whereabouts were known and confirmed and when she was actually reported missing. And in those 10 days, Brian Laundrie showed up in Florida by himself in their van so suspicious yeah i mean i think for very obvious reasons like speculation started 
flying. People developed, you know, jumped to their own conclusions very quickly about what happened. Um, and the story really gained national media attention, which is what I'm really interested in. And I think, you know, I think to be very clear, like there are things about the story that make it objectively attention grabbing, right? Like there are two people involved. One of them disappeared. One of them didn't. There are like, there are a lot of elements that make it suspicious that sort of raise us as consumers that like catch our attention. Um, there are also, I think, very valid critiques and criticisms of the way that the story has been covered and has gained so much attention, which we can get to later. Another one of these elements that I think, you know, is eerie and chilling uh, mm. is that not, not long before she went missing, before they went to Jackson, they were in Moab in Utah, and they were actually, like, they had the cops called on them for a domestic dispute, a domestic violence dispute. She was actually pegged as sort of the aggressor because she had allegedly like hit him in the face and he had scratches on his face. And then police and mob didn't file any charges. Later that week or maybe even that day pulled the couple over again for going 45 miles per hour in a 15 mile per hour speed zone. And pulled them both aside and out of the car and there's this like hour-long body cam video from that interaction in Moab that I made the mistake of watching it's super you watched chilling. the whole thing I watched a lot of it I sort of like skipped forward yeah. in a couple of moments but it's super chilling and in a lot of like the spaces that I follow in the inter internet a lot of people were quick to point out that it looked honestly like classic behavior of somebody who has been abused. So they pulled over this couple. Brian is like very calm, very held together. Gabby is basically hysterical the whole time. Like she's in tears. She's sobbing. She's having a really hard time calming herself down. She's also apologizing profusely the whole time. She's like mm. apologizing to the cops saying that, um, there's a moment where she's like, I have really bad OCD and really bad anxiety. And sometimes I just like get like this and I get mean and we fight. So she's sort of already like assuming the blame mm. for what she knows has already like been said about them in within the police force and what she knows is sort of about to happen. So they put her in a cop car to calm down and to separate her from him. And then they interview him and he is cool as a cucumber. He's even like laughing at one point they ask him, if he knows if she's taking medication for any, for anxiety or OCD. And he goes, no, she's just crazy and laughs. And it's like, it's just weird and eerie Very and chilling. Weird. So a lot of the conversations since, I, well, maybe not enough of the conversations, but a lot of the conversations since then have been, this could have been avoided if police were better trained in recognizing what abuse looks like mm -hmm. and what being sort of a victim of abuse looks like. Because I do think that there were a lot of, clues in that yeah. video they're subtle honestly they're subtle but but they're there so that's really interesting because kind of in this this past year the past couple of years we've been talking a lot about the defund the police movement which to me is um is kind of a <clears throat> it's an interesting way of branding the conversation because it's really like it's really like 
uh, reallocate funds for the police. <laughs> and a lot of the, a lot of folks are calling for like, um, a separate public service to be instituted that deals with like domestic di disputes and, um, things where people would be trained to kind of de-escalate a situation, recognize different, um, recognize different things like what you're talking about. Like, Hey, this is somebody who's experienced trauma or abuse. And here are the, here are the signs. Here's what she's likely to do. Um, and here's what like this dude who is the, um, who we all <laughs> like, let's be honest. We're a little biased. This dude, it's not looking good for this dude. It really who, isn't. Who leaves his girlfriend uh, doesn't report her missing. She's found dead. He he is not anywhere to be found. Yeah, and now he's not cooperating. And he's also missing as of like a couple of days ago. And a lawyer, I think, for Gabby's family was quoted saying, oh, he's not missing. He's hiding. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's super suspicious for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, I were journalists. I'm not an expert in... Uh, in domestic violence by any means and mm -hmm. you know i i don't mean to like convict anybody prematurely but i do think it's interesting that yeah. even even after this interaction that they captured on camera the takeaway was we're letting her go as in we're letting gabby go we're not charging her with oh, wow. domestic abuse for you know like maybe hitting brian right. or you know right that that was the takeaway the takeaway huh. wasn't are you okay are you in crisis are you safe yeah are they in this video are they talking to them in two separate places yep so they put her in a, a cop car and they tell her like you're not in trouble we just want you to like sit in this air-conditioned car it's really hot out sit in this car calm down take mm -hmm. a breather and then they keep him outside <laughs> uh and they talk to him separately and at one point like he tells the cops that Gabby yanked the steering wheel, which is why they drive over the curb. She tells a different story. She says that he just got distracted and drove over the curb. It's it's bizarre. Huh. Yeah. I, I guess I was your the comment about the police, like I feel like I feel like the amount of stuff that we want our police to do is just like we just keep adding to it. So we're like, recognize this, do this, don't do that, know what to do in all these situations. And I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with you, but. Uh, no, it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask. Totally. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, I'm, again, I don't want to, I don't want to derail this conversation. So uh, let's get back to it. So what happens? So they they get in a fight. Um, he is cool as a cucumber. She's in hysterics. People online are saying this stuff. Tell me more about like what's happening online. Yeah. So that's where we're in the age of internet sleuths. Uh, true crime as like a genre of media is super popular right now. And in fact, I like wrote I wrote an article about this last semester about true crime fandom and 
some of the ways that like we try to sort of involve ourselves in these cases. So this case specifically blew up on TikTok. Um, and then also I think actually like what one of the sort of more helpful tips was from a YouTuber who like filmed their van in Grand Teton National Park. So helped the FBI put them at that location on at a certain time. Wow. Um, a different YouTuber because Gabby and Brian also had their own YouTube channel where they were documenting their travels. Um, so yeah, so, the, the internet really like took it and ran. And so help, help, help a senior citizen out here. <laughs> YouTube, like people on TikTok, people on TikTok are helping us solve um, this murder that was really like she's a youtube star or is she like posting videos on youtube or on tiktok as well the uh my understanding was that she's just like a youtube yeah video blogger okay all right yeah and she in one of i guess like as she was shooting one of her videos in grand teton national park noticed their van okay uh and was able to basically give that to the fbi and say hey i think this is their van and help them place them at Spread Creek or in Grand Teton National Park. Wow. Okay. In within a certain time frame. So that so like, yeah, there's there's been a lot of sort of criticism in the wake of all of this media coverage and all of this internet sleuthing about like, is it actually helpful? Like it's a weird, like, you know, you're just sort of like fulfilling your weird detective fantasy by getting involved in this. And I do, to be clear, think that there's some validity to that. And also, Gabby Petito is the third person to go missing in Grand Teton National Park or in, like, the Jackson area this summer alone, which is wild. That is She's nuts. Super nuts. She's the only one to have been found. Because Who of were the, the other two? One was an Irish national named Kean, um, who had, I think, just moved to Jackson, Jackson, and he went missing in, like, June and they never found him he disappeared and then the other was a guy i think named robert lowry who was visiting at the same time actually as brian and gabby from texas and he also like told people he was going on a hike never came back and he's never been found he still has not been found jeepers yeah and how big is this park grand Teton national park is 485 square miles Okay. Which is the side. I don't know how to like, I don't that, know how to scale that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know why I know this, but the state of Rhode Island is like 1,200 square miles. So basically half of Rhode Island. So you have a just a little window to look in for law, yeah. law enforcement and everyone else. That's yeah. insane. And, and technically, the campsite where Gabby's body was found is on national forest land it's outside of the park boundary which is like even more vast and expansive wow <laughs> wyoming so, is entirely public land and it's you know when you think of the west you just you think of like these huge wild landscapes and that's exactly what they were working with i was listening to this podcast speaking of true crime um called bear brook about a about bear brook state park in new hampshire have you it's heard great. it it's my favorite podcast i actually interviewed jason moon for an assignment for that magazine assignment last semester. I love it. It's so That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
But for reference, I mean, they found a, they found a body in Bear Brook State Park, and then it took them like 15 years to find another two bodies that were 300 feet away in the same state park. So imagine trying to do that. And Bear Brook State Park is not nearly, it's nowhere near the size. <laughs> like, right. You cannot compare a New Hampshire State Park to a Wyoming State Park. Right. So that's crazy. Right. Yeah, their odds were really stacked against them. So, you know, I do think that the media and the social media attention really helped propel this case. But the problem with that and sort of the conversations that have been evolving since then is that Gavi was found. So many other people and specifically women go missing every year and don't get the same attention she did and the media is now recirculating what uh, a term that has been called the missing white woman syndrome and it's the idea that media and also i think law enforcement is more inclined to share stories of missing white women whereas like in the same state in wyoming 710 indigenous women have gone missing in the past decade, which like maybe over 10 years doesn't seem like a lot, but Wyoming as a state only has 500,000 people in it. Wow. Um, most of those 710 people were girls, young girls. Hmm. They did not get any of that media attention. So, you Wait, know, you I said think... that most of them were young girls. Yeah. And then, but you said that mostly white women get the media attention. Were the young girls like were the young girls white or no no they were indigenous they were native so okay. uh wyoming is home to i think one of the biggest reservations in the country the wind river reservation okay um home, home to two different tribes i think northern arapaho and eastern shoshone and yeah hundreds of girls go missing every year wow from that wow. reservation they're they actually the movie it's like a big blockbuster movie called wind river based on the wind river reservation about exactly that um so did you see that movie i did would yeah. you recommend it i would is who's in it jeremy renner yes uh i yeah i think it's really really good really well made i do think it's a little bit like white savory like uh -huh. it's like a white cop who goes into the reservation to like help solve this crime typical. but typical <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, honestly, like, I think it does a, a decent job of yeah. really, like, humanizing in a very Hollywood way Yeah, this problem, which is that missing Indigenous women and girls go missing all the time, and nobody cares. And I think statistically, um, when Black and Indigenous women and girls go missing, they are more likely to be sort of written off by law enforcement and by the media, but first by law enforcement as runaways. Whereas when white women and girls go missing, law enforcement is more likely to actually list them as a missing person and like initiate a search. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, um, I think it's a real problem with, with 
you know, this is sort of indictment of like us as journalists and what we are inclined to pay attention to and inclined to sort of help go viral. Again, like there are elements of Gabby Petito's story that are really compelling Mm. no matter what. So it's not surprising that it got the attention that it did, but Gabby is also cute and blonde and white. And she's sort of like what people call like the ideal victim. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this is interesting too, because it's like, the journalists, it, it's kind of like one thing pumps the other, which is how you get something to go viral, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like you have people on TikTok who who pump up this story and then journalists latch onto it because it's news. Now it's news. When it's when somebody, I mean, we talk about this in, in class and it's like, what's a journalist's job? Like report the news, talk about what's happening. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad that these other disappearances are not really considered news, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's a, it's sort of a vicious cycle and I don't think, I don't think it's malicious on anybody's behalf, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're not intentionally making decisions to ignore certain people and elevate other stories we are you know our sources are often law enforcement so obviously when the fbi does get involved that's gonna register in our heads as like oh this is this is a big story and when it is going viral on tiktok that's gonna register that this is a big story whereas if a case is written off as just a runaway we're not gonna feel as inclined to cover it which is not to like put all of the blame back onto law enforcement. I think we have uh, an obligation to just maybe be a little bit more like steadfast in our reporting and maybe dig a little deeper than what we are hearing from law enforcement and like talk to these families and talk to, and yeah, talk to other people. I was talking to my friend the other night who isn't a journalist and we were talking about this very thing. And she was like, look, like I totally hear you, but is it actually doing any good for us to be talking about this? Like just, because now I'm, I'm seeing headlines in NPR about this exact conversation about how Gabby Petito is the perfect victim and white woman syndrome. And she was like, why are we even, why are you writing articles about that and not just writing articles about other missing people, right? Not just like remedying the problem instead of yeah. talking more about it. Right. So we're doing exactly what we're talking about. We're, we're, we're like, doing the thing. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're doing it because nobody would care. Yes, totally. <laughs> and we're doing it because, like, this is still a new phenomenon for a lot of people, you know? Right. And and even for a lot of journalists. So I think we – there are plenty of things that journalists have to sort of reckon with. This is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, you, were, you were talking about true crime, and then we're talking about how you can't jump to conclusions just yet. This whole thing – I mean, we we dog this dude. We're like, buddy, Brian Laundry. Why, like, why would you have? You're doing it wrong, man. If he's not the killer, he's doing an amazing job of making it look like he just killed someone. So he he doesn't report her missing. He goes back to his parents' house in Florida. He runs away, and. But we're here talking and like, what, 
what should he have done? Maybe he freaked out. Like this is this is one of these um this is one of these this is like the premise for so many movies. Where exactly. the, the guy is like, it's gonna look like I killed somebody. So well, yeah, maybe you should just report yourself. Well, no, because then I'll be the prime suspect and you know, yeah. Which yada, is true. Yada. I mean, yeah. Cops always look at the boyfriend or the partner first, even if they do report themselves and even if they are the one to call somebody in missing or report somebody missing. Right. They're always going to look at you first. Definitely doesn't help. And I actually think that I, I wish I could pull the statistic out of my brain right now, but we were talking to like a, a somebody who studies psychology and criminology recently and... Uh, she said that statistically, like, the partners of people who go missing who don't report it are almost always, mm. almost always responsible. Mm. But it's a no-win situation for Brian, for sure. Either way, we're going to pin it on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be crazy when we figure out what happened um this dude is going to be public enemy number one mm -hmm. <laughs> there's there's going to be very little um you know we talk in media law and ethics about sequestering juries and making sure that he gets a fair trial and it's just like eh, gonna yeah be that's tough. gonna be real tough <laughs> i would i think you'd be pressed to find a jury in like any other state who didn't already have knowledge their conclusions drawn yeah. yeah and and if it was if it was just i mean now that it's mainstream it's on cnn it's on fox news it's in people magazine like before when it was just tiktok and youtube maybe if you got somebody over the age of 40 you could have a, a um a jury that wasn't biased but now it's like it's like at the oj simpson trial where it's totally. like Everybody has their mind made up. Everybody thinks this dude did it. And um, yeah, so um, I'm reading the the top, the AP um, says, Northport, Florida, Gabby Petito was killed by another person, a coroner concluded, while also confirming that the human remains found recently at a Wyoming state park were those of the 22-year-old woman who disappeared months after she set out on a cross-country road trip with her boyfriend, the FBI said Tuesday. I don't know. I think it's one of these things that we're all like, yeah, of course she was killed. But we need the coroner report to say. Didn't you say that you know who did the, who the coroner is? Very well. He's my brother's, one of my brother's best friend's father. I've interviewed him before. Uh, you know, he's just sort of like a staple in the community. He's the county coroner. Everybody knows him. He ran his own clinic. Um, authorities are using helicopters, drones, dogs, and officers in all-terrain vehicles in their search for laundry. They're trying to find dirty laundry. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I mean, like, they found Gabby's body outside of a 485-square-mile national park, and they can't find this dude in Florida? Yeah, I don't know. Insert Florida man meme here, you know? He looks he looks kinda like he looks like a very average person. Mm -hmm. You know? 
-hmm. I was like, how is this guy hiding for so long? In all these movies and things, it just, it's like these, these guys cut their hair and like put on a baseball hat and stuff. But then, <laughs> I mean, there's this popular meme that's running around the, uh, the internet with people are like, it, there's, there's a picture of Zoe Deschanel with her bangs up and with her bangs down and her glasses on. And when her bangs up, she looks like a completely different person. Totally. And, and the meme is like, <laughs> seeing these two pictures makes me believe that people didn't really know who Clark Kent was. With, he just put his big glasses on. People were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brian is like a very average looking white dude. He can't cut his hair. He's already bald. But What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> says, the, says the bald guy. Um, yeah, Man. interesting. Well, yeah. hopefully next week we have a... Um, we have more information about what happens. And... Yeah, we'll give an update. I mean, really, like, my takeaway from all of this is that it sucks. Like, as, a, as an event, it's a f***ing bummer. <laughs> and, I, you know, violence against women is a f***ing bummer. No matter who the victim is, that said, we should pay more attention to victims who aren't pretty and blonde and white. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it's, it sucks, you know? I keep thinking about like how we like go to nature to like escape and you know unplug and get away and like de-stress and it just really bums me out that for women still our biggest threat even in nature is men. <laughs> yeah. It's um I don't re I don't really know that I have much to say other than like like men, <laughs> I don't really know how, that I have much to say other than I'm sorry. Um, that wasn't that wasn't a personal indictment. No, I know, <laughs> I know. But there, there, there are all these like, um, there's all these, there's all these white dudes who are super conservative who are like, you know, the white lives matter crowd or like the um, the men. Uh, I don't know just just really concerned with men's rights and i think what's really telling is like i've never been afraid of being attacked by a woman in my life not once have i ever been afraid of being attacked by a woman um like i've been worried walking down city streets at night because i was like oh maybe i'll get like attacked by another man or like a hey. group of men Right. I've never been like there's a there could be a gang of women lurking. <laughs> like, right. Which, you know, is not to say that women are never violent. They definitely it, are. Right. But right. statistically, right. The odds are in your favor. <laughs> the, 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 those are like that's like a really simple anecdote that I think about when talking about this stuff. And the same thing, I think the same thing about talking about race where it's like you know, I've never sat down as a white dude. I've never sat down in a restaurant and wondered if I got bad service because of my race. Like I've never once had to think about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a way to, um, you know, me, I'm, I'm trying to be like a raging moderate 
and <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to bring, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of things, I guess. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like a lot of folks who are far away from believing that racism is a thing or that sexism is a thing, just like, I don't know. Have you ever had to, have you ever had to protect yourself from like a group of women on the street? Have you ever had to worry if you got bad service because you're right? Probably not if you're a white dude, but probably not. Um, so I, I also wanted to point out something. Um, what you were talking about reminded me of the, of a, this American life episode. It was, and I pulled it up sneakily. I hope you didn't hear me typing, but it's called a mess to be reckoned with. And it is, um, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's let's see. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. It started as something she was doing in her spare time and kind of took over her life. Lisa, I don't know if it's Lisa or Lisa, Yellowbird searches for missing people. Imagine that I'm Ira Glass reading this. People nobody else is looking for. People the police have given up looking for. A reporter, should I stop trying to imitate his That voice? was pretty good. That was like combination Ira Glass and Michael Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so one of the reporters meets up with her and she's looking for a uh, for a young white oil worker. Um, but there was another there was another one. I, I don't know if it's if it's this same person, if it's this same story, but I believe she goes looking for her niece and spoiler alert she ends up finding her but she had gone missing and she she found the guy she was she she's like a total badass she tracks down the guy who took her niece figures out what happened and um and does this for other um native americans and a lot of it was that on these reservations people don't trust white folks coming in yes, right. to find people they don't want to talk to them um so she can get a lot more information um because she's already a member of the community right. so she's like she'll talk to people and she's like i know your aunt i know your i know your brother i know your father <laughs> like, right yeah right yeah that was a, that was an excellent excellent episode yeah that was really What's, good which what is it called um, I believe it is this one. It's called A Mess to be Reckoned With. So we find out later that in 2016, her niece went missing. Right. This right. was the first time that she went searching for someone who wasn't a stranger. Right. This case is really remarkable for a lot of reasons. For one, she figured it out in just five days. She also recorded all of her conversations which is something she does a lot. She saves everything. She photographs everything. She records everything. Yeah. Yeah. I just got the chills. Totally. <laughs> and again, like, you know, she, I think she, part of why she's so successful is because she takes it seriously mm -hmm. and she will, you know, she stops at nothing. Like it's no wonder native people don't trust white cops and white outsiders to, handle these cases because we often don't. Mm -hmm. 
And not only that, not only that, I don't think there's a lot of jurisdictional power. Is that even a word? I don't think that like the federal government doesn't have a lot of jurisdiction in right. reservations. Right. Because they so, are sovereign nations, technically. Yeah. 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 So this is all this is all fascinating. Um, let's let's uh, let's do a brief kind of touch base next week and yeah. we can see what has happened with the story and we'll also have other stories for y'all. It's worth noting a black man, Daniel Robinson, has been missing in Arizona for a very long time. He's 24 years old. Um, people are looking for him and now that the media is like willing to have this conversation about who they talk about, now they're talking about him. So Daniel Robinson, 24 year old black man in Arizona is also missing. So special thanks on this episode to Haley Paraday, who um, unfortunately we had to re-record this episode because the last one sounded like we were underwater. And um, so she was great. She was helpful with some some of the psychology behind what we're talking about. Thanks, Haley. All right. See you all next time. Stay healthy. Bye.